the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. It's that time of year. Anheuser Bush. And the Super Bowl. Do you remember the Bud Bowl? Do you remember the Bud Bowl? I bring that up. In large part because... A, I haven't done enough work planning my show today. B, I drank way too much last night and all I could think about... I had dreams about the Bud Bowl... Or see the Super Bowls this weekend, and my TV producer has assigned me the in, enviable task of coming up with content tied towards the Super Bowl. Can I get a little Super Bowl music? Can I get a little dun da da da? Or maybe dun da. There we go. Yes, even nerds like me can talk about the Super Bowl. Financial nerds, that is. Keep in mind, financial nerds shall inherit the earth, so said my mother. And I mostly agree with that. So, let's talk a whole segment about money and the Super Bowl. From upgrading flat screen TVs to crazy amounts of wings and dips and guacamole, the Super Bowl is a big business day for Americans. $15.5 billion on items this year. The average American will spend $82. Now, that drives me crazy. Because I want the, you know, these holiday spending things, I always want them to be about trampy women. Like Halloween, trampy Halloween costumes. Women will spend $82 on trampy Halloween costumes. Um, St. Patrick's Day's, women will spend $82 on green sweaters and getting drunk. Um, Like, I want the trampy story. But this is just us sitting around a TV getting fat. Buying a new TV. Top advertising in the Super Bowl over the years has been, of course, Anheuser-Busch. Peyton Manning. He makes lots of money. If you could teach your kid how to throw a football, 
um, and how to be a general on the field, and ultimately down the road, the ramifications can have on his body. Your son too can make lots of money, or maybe your daughter could. Let's let's break it down that way. He's made over two hundred million dollars in his career throwing a pigskin. Mm! That kills me. Makes fifteen million dollars a year in salary. He's a money machine. He makes twelve million dollars a year in endorsements. What does he endorse? Let's see if it, it if it resonates with you. Think about it. What, what does Peyton Manning endorse? Can you think of one thing? Direct TV. Good. Yes. Ding. Kraft. I, I didn't know that. Gatorade. Nah, I didn't really associate him with that. And Mastercard. The only one that's working for me is Direct TV. Um, he did a little acting on SNL. He was surprisingly funny on SNL. He lives in a $4.6 million mansion outside Denver. Can you imagine? That's good living. He knew that when he played with the Colts, he wasn't going to retire in Indianapolis, because who the hell retires in Indianapolis? Um, he's married to his college sweetheart, Ashley. They've got twin daughters. Back to his house, it has an elevator, seven bedrooms, and a wine cellar. So... Uh, for years in Indianapolis, he lived in a $7.5 million house, which, again, I don't quite understand. Um, but he doesn't buy a lot of lavish stuff. <clears throat> um, he's not known for it. You don't see him in media or print for it. He recently bought 21 Papa John's restaurants. Sales reportedly spiked after he bought them. The only crazy Peyton Manning gossip out there is he used to go to the Kentucky Derby every year with Dennis Hopper. That's kind of interesting, right? He carpools to the work. Um, he's an insanely good tipper. Now let's move to the owners. The owners are pretty interesting. Denver Broncos owner Pat Bowen joined the NFL in 1984. The club has an NFL low five losing seasons under his ownership. Jerry Richardson is the only owner in the history of the Carolina Panthers. And I do believe he played the game. Back to Denver Broncos owner, Pat Bullen. Uh, he paid $78 million for the team. It's now worth $1.9 billion. Woo! Woo! That's a good investment. The only thing better that I've ever seen was Hillary Clinton's turning a $1,000 bet in the stock market into 98000 Am I trying to make a political comment? Can she really take on Wall Street when she's used Wall Street to obviously break the system? The Broncos, 313 wins are the NFL most since he bought the team. Ahead of the 49ers and the Patriots. Uh, Bullen is fighting Alzheimer's disease, or as I like to say it, old-timers. Uh, my mother has old-timers and it sucks. Um... Richardson was known for the, the the guy who owns the Panthers. He basically came up with that whole PSL thing. And he didn't come up with the whole PSL thing, but he kind of funded the stadium with it. He played two years in the NFL for the Colts. He had a heart transplant in 2009. Again, so one owner heart transplant, one owner old, Alzheimer's. Getting old sucks. 
Peyton Manning's getting old. He's going to retire. He's going to retire. We're all going to retire. Do you have enough money to retire? He does. Back in the days, the first Super Bowl, no one knew where the game was going to be played until about six weeks before the game. Now cities spend three to five years planning for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I have out there for you? Soaring TV revenues obviously have goosed the value of NFL franchises. Cincinnati Bengals sold for $7.5 million in 1967. Now the average franchise is about $1.9 billion. It's obviously the most valuable sports brand, the Super Bowl. It pulls in about $620 million in revenue. Now keep in mind, that sounds like a lot. But last year's Floyd Mayweather-Manny Pacquiao fight generated about $600 million. And that was a bitter disappointment. Um, players on the winning team make 102000 Players on the losing team make 51000 uh, Peyton Manning earns 880000 a week when he doesn't play in the uh, Super Bowl. CBS, CBS, CBS sold the average 30-second uh, commercial $5 million. That's 400000 above last year's. $5 million. They're going to pull in $350 million from advertisements. And PayPal is going to be one of the new ones. Buick, SunTrust, SoFi, Pokemon! Now, I know you're saying, why are you saying it like that? I don't know. I never played Pokemon, and I recently learned that Pokemon stood for Poke Pocket Monster. Coldplay is not going to get paid, but they're going to get 118 million people looking at them and thinking, whoo! I want to go to their big concert that they've just recently announced. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. What percentage of NFL fans are women? I'll give you a second to think about that. When you turn on the television, look at the crowds, when you go to the games and you do a little tailgating, what percentage are women? So, in theory, it's 45%. Now, why is that? It seems like an incredibly masculine gladiator kind of thing, but maybe women like to hang out with guys who kind of, you know, freak out over incredibly sweaty gladiator-type battles. Uh, maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's the sport. I don't know. Um... 
Erin Andrews. She is one of those reporters who does a great job. Incredibly smart. Oh, and she also happens to be really good looking. Uh, which came first? I gotta imagine the really smart and good reporter. Super Bowl 50 t-shirts. Something that she's kind of like hosting a ladies' night out. Which is interesting. It's going to be at the NFL store in Moscone Center. Um, stylishly dressed women wearing V-neck vintage t-shirts that say things like 49ers faithful. Skinny jeans, heeled booties, and a pom-pom hat. A couple of years ago, you looked at the NFL and they made women buy like just these horrific masculine jerseys. And then they kind of figured it out. We could turn these pretty darn fashionable and kind of get a sex appeal going. Um, so celebrities like Alyssa Milano. She has recently been trending has recently been trending in news for her desire to, you know, breastfeed in public or for let it be kind of cool. She represents an official NFL merchandise brand. So she's in town talking about it. Women who love sports can also love fashion, right? Is that fair? Is that fair? Now, I wish I had, like, more sensational stories than women love in fashion football. I wish I had, like, um, short people. Used to be politically incorrect to call them midgets and the, the clothes that the NFL designs for them, but I don't think the NFL really cares about them. But um, the NFL, yeah. Fashionable. They've got tote bags out there. They've got a crystal-studded team clutch. Now, what the hell is a crystal-studded team clutch, you say? It's kind of like a purse. I know you're saying, how do you know that? I know, I know fashion. Fashion is my life. And floral delivery as well. I know a lot about floral delivery. But a Svorsky... Crystal studded team clutch, $4,500. Wristlets, $500. I don't know. I know. I don't know what the hell a charm bangle is, but you can get a charm bangle for $40. Nike, Majestic and Touch, company called 47. They're all designing clothing that fit flatter women. I know you're saying, Rob, you've got a 19-year career in financial media, and you just used the the, fur, the term flatter women for the first time ever? Uh-huh. Um, but this is big fashion. This is big money. So something to think about as you approach the big game. Um, Peyton Manning, 39 years old, going to retire. He mentioned that it might be his last rodeo. Now, I've never been to a rodeo, but I assure you they probably smell of cow poop and not in an attractive kind of way. Um, so maybe he should retire so he can get away from that smell of, of cow poop. Did I say cat poop? Well, a rodeo probably smells of cat poop and cow poop. We'll say both, right? Um, but he's retiring. And the average NFL career, you know what the average NFL career is? Three years. Uh, now he's made it many, 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 many
but very few do. And again, it shows you that they need to be careful with their money. And yet, NFL players are notorious for going bankrupt um, two, three years after they get out of the NFL. And they can teach us a lesson, right? Um, And keep in mind, there's a difference between broke and bankrupt, but I'm talking bankrupt here. Um, Bernie Kosar, he made about $19 million in his career. Got into real estate after leaving football, but he ended up going bankrupt because of the number of loans that were unpaid. Um, a lot of concussions in his career. He's now a, motiv- a motivational speaker. Uh, Vince Young, who played for the Tennessee Titans, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills. Actually, they just changed the name of the Buffalo Bills. Um, he made $26 million, but his manager kind of stole about five and a half million from him. Um, other people who have gone completely bankrupt and maybe the lessons that we learned. Um, Tiki Barber, he made about 35 million. Um, but bad marriages, he ended up showing out a pretty pity, pretty penny in bad marriages and divorces. So just throwing that out there for you. There's a guy named Mark Burnell who I think he backed up, and I could be wrong about this, but I think he backed up um, Brett Favre for a while in the Green Bay Packers, and then he, I think he played for the Jaguars and maybe the Redskins. He made $50 million, but he went into uh, business with two former teammates building condos, and basically that all turned into a crash on him in a property bubble. Um Warren Sapp, $60 million in career earnings. He goes bankrupt. Um, he bought a lot of sneakers. I know you're saying he bought a lot of sneakers. Yeah. Um, he had 240 pairs of sneakers listed as assets when he went bankrupt. And a painting of a naked woman. Those were on his bankruptcy filings as assets. Kind of crazy, right? Um, construction deals don't go as planned. People ask for money. You have hanger-ons. You've got, you know, expensive houses, mansions that have property taxes that you have to pay every year. So, um, Terrell Owens, um, had money issues. He once was worth about $80 million. Um, dashing good looks, right? So he tried to get into modeling. So, after the fact... But that's all you need to know about that. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, Money Investing, and more.
at Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Chris Siaccia, technology editor for thestreet.com. Mr. Siaccia, big week for Yahoo. You've got a couple pieces up on it at thestreet.com. Is Miss is Melissa Mayer's run over at as like the honeymoon, the glamorous time at Yahoo? It's not over because um, she's still there, but the the clock is certainly ticking on Marissa. Um, you know, the fourth quarter results were okay. You know, nothing ho hum or nothing terrible about them, but the the turnaround plan just continues to push out. You know, when or if you know, the core business will actually be saved. And at this point, investors are just fed up. I mean, everyone that I've talked to says just throw in the towel and uh, and stop the fight. This is like, you know, this is worse than the rock. This is worse than Apollo Creed versus Ivan Drago and Rocky IV. Doesn't it seem kind of odd that she seems to be saying the turnaround's still turning and yet the board is kind of saying we're up for sale because you can't have both or you can have both but it's a confusing message to try to sell it is it is a confusing message i mean you know i guess any good public ceo um is going to try to put the best face and the the best spin on the company and you got to give her credit for that she hasn't you know um, relented, but at the same time, the board has a fiduciary duty to shareholders to try to maximize value. Um, she's a board member herself, and you know, after reading the statement and listening to the conference call yesterday or the other day, um, you know, it seems like Yahoo's board seems a little bit more set on uh, on selling the company than would appear. You know, we'll see whether that's AT&T, Verizon, Comcast private equity, whoever buys it, um, but I don't expect, you know, the core business to be, um, you know, available. You know, I, I expect, you know, something to happen sometime this year, you know, whether it's, you know, the next three months, six months, whatever it is, because this turnaround program, you know, which Marissa and her team outlined uh, the other day is going to take at least two to three quarters to really see any results to it. So I, I think at this point, you know, they're just better off, you know, being private. With that being said, and out there, I like Yahoo Finance. I like Yahoo Sports. I still have a Yahoo email account that I use very rarely. If my regular email goes bonk and for some reason I'm not on Gmail, is there anything else in Yahoo that's worthy of mentioning? Like they should trim down. They should like cut divisions, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as a as far as a place to go, I mean, there's still it's still a heavily trafficked place. You know, they've still got. Um, you know, over 700 million mobile users, a billion people use the site worldwide. So it's just an inability to actually attract advertising revenue. They've got the user base, but they can't attract re- advertising revenue because all of it is being sucked up by Facebook and Google, um, you know, when it comes to digital advertising. And that's something that Yahoo's faced now for, you know, the past five to six years at least. And it's not turning around. You know, it's it's unfortunate because she's always Marissa's always talked about you know people, products, and and revenue. Um, they have the people, they have, or she she thinks they have the products, but there is no revenue. 
and it's just it's unfortunate to see something happen to one of Silicon Valley's you know biggest um, internet companies, and you know somebody that really fa- basically founded the internet you know more than 20 years ago. It's, it's it's unfortunate, but you know that's the way the world is right now. I call it internet superhighway roadkill. If you want to steal that from me, you're more than welcome to. Anything else that we want to talk about as far as Yahoo goes? You know, I, I think that you know. There's a real good likelihood that we see another a run from an activist investor building a stake up in the company. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, see if we see something, you know, within the next few months on that. So, you know, maybe that's a hope for shareholders. But outside of that, there's not too much going on right now. Changing gears and talking technology, Fitbit came out with a new announcement yesterday. And here was my response before we get to your angle. I don't care. Um, I'm kind of done with the whole fitness craze wearable device. I went through it. I tried it. I did it. I had the last Fitbit HR, and I just got tired of charging it. But anyway, new Fitbit product. What do we need to know? So the Alta, which is the new one that they just announced yesterday, should alleviate some of those concerns, at least for some people. It's got a five-day okay. battery life. Um, it's you know relatively inexpensive at $129, and then there's you know additional bands that you could buy that are you know a couple extra bucks. Um, you know, Fitbit's really trying to compete and really make the fitness market their own. They own 80% of the device sales, but how big this market ultimately becomes is anybody's guess. Um, you know, and then, you know, the last product was not super well received, which they had their own smartwatch, which looked exactly like a carbon copy of the Apple Watch. And, you know, the market sent shares down that day when they announced it. I think it was like a down around 15 to 20%. Um, and they have not recovered at all. Um, so Fitbit's really trying to, to be more than, uh, you know, to, to try to be this digital health platform, but the market's just not receiving it right now. I'm feeling a little GoPro action there in the sense that it's a great device, it's got a consumer buzz, but in the end it's just another kind of commodity. I know they're I know they're not quite there yet, but could that happen to Fitbit in your opinion? Could they just kind of become, you know, marginalized? Yeah, I mean... It, I, th- I think that's a real possibility. Um, you know, that's why Fitbit tried to talk up its software prowess um, so that that doesn't happen. Um, but we'll see, you know, whether that actually happens or not. I mean, I think people want to be healthier. I think that's a, a good sign for the company long term. But, you know, if you can do some of the similar pro- some of the similar things elsewhere for cheaper or if you're already ingrained in, a, you know, an ecosystem like a, like Apple with its watch or Microsoft with a band or, um, you know, Google with some of its smartwatches and Android watches, you know, why are you going to go out even though, you know, Fitbit may be the leader right now if you can just use one of the existing products that you already have? Change of gears, or is there anything else we need to talk about with Fitbit or just kind of status quo? I, I think, you know, once we see the fourth quarter results, and they give 2016 guidance. We'll see, you know, how the market's receiving them. But like you mentioned, you know, GoPro is not doing super hot right now. Neither is uh, Fitbit. So we'll see if investor sentiment changes, but I doubt it. Gotcha. Um, earlier this week, we saw Alphabet report numbers, and they were pretty good. Alphabet and Facebook both doing great. Yahoo, as we've already mentioned, not so much. Similar type of businesses as far as advertising goes. Uh, what's Alphabet doing so well? Alphabet's really 
you know, kind of turn the corner on mobile as it relates to their advertising. You know, Facebook had that problem a few years ago, um, and they really started to turn the corner. Now they generate 80% of their advertising revenue from uh, mobile. And F Google's kind of had that problem because it's much harder to generate advertising revenue on mobile devices than it is on desktop. But we've seen over the past few quarters that prices are starting to come towards um, parity on desktop and mobile, and that really drove the quarter, especially when you're taking into account things like YouTube, um, Google Play. These are huge businesses for, for Google um, and for the parent company Alphabet, and you're really starting to see these two companies just dominate everyone else in advertising, and shareholders reacted accordingly. It's kind of interesting that Alphabet jumped over Apple for a couple of days and then kind of gave it back up. And again, it highlights the success of mobile at Google and maybe the decline of hardware at Apple. Is that how you would sum that up? You know, I thought it was interesting that, that Alphabet gave up all of its gains. I'm not entirely sure why that happened. I know obviously the market's been volatile, but you didn't see that happen with Facebook. Um, I wonder if maybe that's because... Alphabet did not talk about, you know, the 2016 environment, which is something that Apple sort of did. They, they, they were super, super bearish on what's going on in the global economy and how that, you know, does not bode well for a company that sells, you know, expensive devices. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Alphabet gave up all those gains and, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a, flight to, a little bit of a flight to safety going on in Apple. People thought, you know, maybe it got too oversold. Um, but I think those two companies are going to continue to duke it out, you know, throughout 2016 for the for the title of world's most valuable until you know maybe it's Facebook that surpasses them in 2017 or 2018. But you know we'll see what happens. The torch always gets passed on, whether it's Intel to Cisco, Cisco to uh, Yahoo at one point in time. You know, Facebook gets in there, Apple gets in there. It's interesting that tech you can never be the king forever. Anything else that you're working on that you find interesting that you want to share with us in under a minute? Yeah, I think, you know, the Super Bowl is this weekend, um, so we'll have up some Super Bowl coverage on, on the street. I'm working on a story on some of the best apps to use, you know, if you're watching at home with your friends or if you're actually at Levi's Stadium. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how well that's received in Silicon Valley. Um, so, you know, big football fan here, and, you know, it'll be fun on Sunday. What's a good Super Bowl app, a quick one that you could throw at us that uh, people might be interested in using? I think the, the, I think there is a couple, you know, the trivia apps. Um, the NFL app, you know, the, the, the uh, official app from the NFL has some trivia and some cool, interesting facts about, you know, teams, um, you know, the Panthers and, and the, uh, the Broncos. So, you know, I think that's probably the favorite app that I've seen so far. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siachi at Tech editor at thestreet.com. You can find him at thestreet.com.
owner of the Carolina Panthers won't attend the Super Bowl this year. It's kind of interesting, right? Or is it not at all? I think it's kind of interesting. Um, heart issues. So, what's that tell you? Um, inaugural season for the Panthers was 1995. First expansion in nearly two decades. Club's now worth about $1.5 billion. Um, not too shabby, right? The owner of the Panthers uh, raised $122 million from PSLs, personal, site license, uh, personal seat licenses, and that funded the $187 million cost of what is now known as Bank of America Stadium. Stadium costs are kind of crazy. Um, I'm just taking a look at some of the crazy statistics on the Super Bowl. Uh, from upgrading your sh- flat-screen TV to watching parties, Americans will spend $15.5 billion on the game this year. The average consumer will spend about $82. It is the second largest eating day of the year behind Thanksgiving. I would have thought Christmas would have beat it out, but I guess not, huh? I guess Christmas, is, we're ripping into our gifts. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Thanks for listening to the show. We have the S&P 500 up 12. We got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 129. NASDAQ's up 32. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.88%, which is troubling. That tells you that a large number of people in the world are fearful of the market, of the economies, world economies as well. So oil sits at 33, a little bit of a weaker dollar helping that out today. Rising U.S. layoffs is a big story. The number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits rose more than expected last week. I've never filed for unemployment benefits. Have you? Suggesting ultimately some loss of momentum in the labor market, which again is interesting. Um, Royal Dutch Shell, a big oil company, reported its worst profits in over a decade. Instead, its reserves of oil and gas were depleting as a hefty decline in global oil prices continued to hammer the energy industry's earnings. So, we're seeing some damage done. Sumner Redstone's going to exit as CBS chairman. Sumner Redstone knows fashion models more than he knows business models. I always am envious of a man who's 92 years old and dates 25-year-old women. I want to be that creepy guy. I don't know why, but I want to be that creepy guy. And maybe maybe karma didn't do me justice. I was born into an average middle-income black family. And when I say black family, my last name's Black. One of the best lines in the movie, The Jerk. I was born a poor black child. Steve Martin. <laughs> He thought he was, but he wasn't. Um, That's a funny movie. I think that holds up okay. Some comedies don't age well, but Jerk has aged pretty well. So out goes Sumner Redstone. In comes Les Moonves. So two very powerful media people who both date inappropriately younger women or who are both married or date inappropriately younger women. Eh, Not inappropriate. I guess if you can, you do. So, but when you're 92, it's just creepy. It's just creepy. Whether you're with me or against me, you need to choose a side. 
Martin Shkreli, uh, he testified in front of Congress today, and he's the CEO, infamous former touring CEO. And legislators wanted him to talk, and Shkreli is one of those guys who he'll talk on Twitter, he'll talk on Tinder, he'll talk on local news. You put him in front of Congress and ask, well, hey, this life-saving drug called Daraprim, you raised the price 5,000% on. Uh, why? And you won't talk to Congress. He'll get on local news and say he wanted to talk to Congress about it, and he can't wait to talk to Congress about it, but when push comes to shove, he won't actually talk to Congress about it. This is going to be headline news. This is going to be Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton's fodder for the next week of this basically punk-looking 32-year-old CEO, basically a hedge fund guy, money guy who bought into the drug industry, took over company, raised prices, jacked up prices. Uh, This is going to be headline news. He was laughing at Congress today. He was looking at the walls while they were asking him questions. If You're going to see this on the news. I think it's probably the story of the day, again, because of what Congress will do about it, as well as what uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders will, will you know, turn it into of evil drug companies. And I, don't just, I just don't think that's fair to make a 32-year-old spokesperson for the drug companies. Um, and it seems the only people who can get lower prices out of pharmaceuticals are is Congress, um, tied towards Medicare, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, uh, not necessarily tied towards um, profits. He got this is the guy that bought a Wu Tang Clan album and threatened to delete someone's voice from it. Uh, one of the Wu Tang Clan members thought it was kind of a punk move for him to buy it, um, but. Scrawly totally into it. A lot of uh, Wall Streeters are totally into it, per se. China seems to be running out of money, and they're going to have to float their currency, uh, i.e. print money. So they, a lot of people think this is going to be a very big problem. And you have to pay attention to the little details, because I can sit here and tell you the jobs numbers are good in the United States, but they're starting to get worse whether it's layoffs or whether it's concerns about you know, corporate profits. Uh, when there's weak corporate profits, there's job cuts down the road. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And you're the star Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.